name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, Christ is risen. He is risen because we're still in the season. And I want to just remind you, first off, just two things uh, from the very beginning. One, today is known in our language, we call it Sunday. But today is always been known as Kiriaki, the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. And why I'm starting this out from the very beginning, because when we think uh, of the commandments of God in the Old Testament, where He, repeat, he repeatedly says to us, give to, give to me what belongs to me. And He speaks about Himself as a jealous God that we have to remember that the day of the Lord is also a day that has to be given to God. The day of the Lord is His day. Monday through Friday we have our slave drivers that we go and we work for, if we work for slave drivers, or we have our own businesses that we attend to, or we go to school and do our own education. Saturday, a day of rest, but also a day that we finish up our... uh, tasks or whatever we have to do around the, day, the, the, the house and whatever we have to do concerning our family. But remember, Sunday is the day of the Lord. And that doesn't mean Sunday means we sit around and do nothing. No. But we, if there are things to be given to the Lord, our time, our minds, our hearts, let us do it especially on that day. So today, being the day of the Lord, I'm going to give you an activity to do. The readings from last night and this morning and right now were taken from John chapter 6. What do we know about John chapter 6? It's a very important chapter. And if you want to know more about John, we're studying the book of John on Tuesdays. But John chapter 6 is the miracle of the 5,000, of the feeding of the 5,000. And then uh, Jesus walking on water. And then the people coming and seeking after him. And he said to them uh, in this morning's gospel, uh, you seek me not because uh, of the sign that you saw, but you seek me because you ate and were filled. Sorry, this was um, not this morning's gospel, it was last night's. John chapter 6 from 1 all the way through uh, 45. And then you can continue on. Read that whole chapter and understand it. Because this chapter is really, in the Gospel of John, this chapter is taking the place of the Last Supper in the other three, cha- the other three Gospels. The other three Gospels, you have Jesus sitting down, taking bread, breaking, and saying, Take, eat, this is my body. You don't have that in the Gospel of John. You have, in the Gospel of John, it just says, After they ate, he rose up, he girded himself, and he washed their feet. But you don't have, take, eat, this is my body, take, drink, this is my cup. You see it here in John chapter 6. And that's very important because of the way he describes what we do. If we didn't have John chapter 6, we probably wouldn't have the Eucharist. But he says to us, I am the bread of life. He who eats, uh, he who eats of me will not, neither hunger nor thirst. Like, where does the thirsting come? If we're talking about hungry. Where do we talk? Why, why does Thurston come into it? Because John understands the Eucharist. And John un- understands the message of the Eucharist. And Christ is giving us the Eucharist in this, in this, um, in this uh, 
sermon that he's giving to us about how I am the bread of, the, of life. I am the bread of life. But before we get to I am the bread of life, I want us to visit this passage about how they were looking for him. How they were looking for him. It says that uh, they came to the other side after he walked on water. And this is in John chapter 6. It says they came to him and he says to them, Assuredly I say to you, you seek me. Forgive me just because I didn't. Uh, he says, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate and your, uh, your fill of loaves. You ate your fill of bread. It's funny, as we as Middle Easterners, we like bread. If we, any kind of bread, fresh bread, good bread, we like it, and, and we can see, we can relate. They had good bread. And so they came after Christ, and he says, you're coming here not because of the sign or the miracle, you came here because you ate bread. Now we have to ask ourselves, why did I come here today? Why, why do I come here on Sunday? What am I seeking? <clears throat> and we have to seek, we have to seek what is right and what is true. We have to seek Him. We have to come to Christ. And we have to know that we're coming to Christ. This isn't a day where we come, we put in our time, so that the rest of the week we don't have any uh, problems or any issues. This isn't a time where we come to church so that we ward off the evil in our lives or the problems or the issues. We don't come to church because I have a court date in a couple of days. We don't come to church because I have a, a, an exam. We don't come to church because it's social hour. We have to understand that we're coming to church, we're coming here because we seek after Christ. And there's no, no other place that we can find Christ. After John chapter 6, you're going to see He says to them, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And it's as harsh as it is for us to hear, it was that, that much for them. It was as harsh for them to hear the idea of eating f human flesh. And many, it says, left him. And, it said, and, it, and, and he said to his disciples, says, do you also want to leave me? And we have those famous words of St. Paul, of St. Peter, who said, Lord, where else can we go? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Where else are we going to go to find the life that God has granted to us through His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ? Now this ties in very well with what we talked about during Holy Week, about the fall, and about how Adam and Eve, instead of being in communion with God, they decided to be in communion with evil and with the tree. And Jesus Christ comes to reverse that, but He doesn't reverse it by force. He doesn't force this on us. In the book of Sirach, it says about wisdom that the person who, who hungers for wisdom will never be satisfied. And the person who thirsts after wisdom will never be satiated. Right? The idea is that when you know, you want to know more. And the more that you know, the more, the more you realize you know nothing. Right? And you keep going and thirsting for knowledge. 
And that's in the book of Surah But Jesus Christ says the exact opposite. Because He is the one who satisfies us completely, fully, 100%. With, 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 no, um, with no hesitation, with no uh, uh, tricks, with no kind of, what's, how do I get this satisfaction? It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And when we start to fear the Lord and give to God what belongs to God and start that relationship with God where we, where we put in time and we put in effort, we put in energy, energy we, we kind of organize our lives in a way that we're going to be able to give God what belongs to God. Which is, you know, I'm just giving you a simple practice of the day of the Lord to begin with. Now when we, we start with this we start to understand that He is coming to satisfy us completely. Now, it's not about our physical satisfaction. Even when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, we are not talking about the food that we're eating. He says to us in the, in the, in the Gospel, in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, I take care of the birds of the air. I take care of the grass of the fields. And He says, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to put on. Right? But seek first the kingdom of heaven and all its righteousness and everything else is going to be added to you. So when we say give us this day our daily bread, we're talking about the spiritual bread of tomorrow. And that's actually when the scholars study the Lord's Prayer, they go to the Coptic. Pen oik en terasti. Pen oik en terasti is clear. Give us the, the, the bread of tomorrow. Whereas in the Greek and in the other languages, it's not as clear. What is this today, tomorrow? What? But in the, in the Enteraste, it's clear. And the scholars will often refer to the Coptic, say this is what the, the Egyptian Coptic church tradition is with this translation. Give us this bread of tomorrow. And all the Lord's Prayer is about, is about spiritual and the tomorrow and the end of, end of our end of this world and end of life and everything. Uh, that's all we find that in the, the Lord's Prayer. It's, um, but, but essentially, when we say, give us this day our bread of tomorrow, we're talking about the spiritual bread that we partake of, of the body and blood of Christ, and also the spiritual food that we get from day to day through our prayers, through our spiritual practices, through our reading of our Bibles. Now, when we started uh, last week and I said, Thomas, when he says, I am uh, my Lord and my God, he's talking about God in the Old Testament being Jesus Christ. And he makes that connection very nice and clearly. And well, that's why it's a wonderful confession. But now every week we're going to understand and discover more about who, who God is to us. I am, I am what? I am the bread of life. But more importantly, when he says, I am the bread of life, he's going to satisfy us. And he is the fulfillment of the Messianic prophecy from the Old Testament that when the Messiah comes, he's going to feed us from heaven. And he does. And he fulfills that prophecy, but not in the way that the Jews thought it was going to be fulfilled. And then he says, He who comes unto me by my Father, I will by no means cast out. I will by no means come cast out. This is a beautiful promise that's given to us through Jesus Christ. And it's also, for us, we have to understand it. It's, it's a promise as well as it is a comfort. And we have to understand what it means for those that come to God. There are those that we want to come to God that will never come to God. 
And there are those that come to God, but not in the time that we want them to come to God. And there are those who come to God, and God never rejects them, never uh, turns them away. What this means is that there's, there's the doors of the church and the doors of God's love is open to everybody. And He draws people in. There are people that just can't take it, don't want it, refuse it. And for us, we have to understand that if somebody is coming for the sake of God, nothing will turn that person away from the love of God. Let me, let me say that a different way. I can, I can yell at you until I'm red in the face. I'm not going to do that. It's not my nature. I only do it with my kids. Maybe one day I'll stop doing it with my kids or maybe one day I'll start doing it with you. But, but what I mean by that is I can, I, can, I can do things that might be outrageous, but that shouldn't stop you from coming to church. That shouldn't stop you if you are really coming because of your love for God. Nothing will get in the way of that. Too often we, we, we hear excuses and we understand the excuses about uh, if a clergy person did something bad or if servant did something bad or if somebody in the church did something bad or whatever. And we use this as an excuse to say, ah, I'm not going to go. This isn't the right place for me or whatever. But then what we need to do is, okay, we take the, those problems, those issues, and we'll deal with those issues. But that's separate from the issue of why are you coming to church to begin with? Are you coming to church so that Abuna pats you on the back and says, good job, no matter what you do? Are you, here, are you coming to church so that you can see your friends again? Are you coming to church uh, because you want to just feel comfortable in your life? There are, unfortunately, sinful people that come to church, me being the first one. And the sinfulness of one person should not prevent another person from coming to church. It does, it happens. But we have to get to the core, the heart of the issue. Why am I coming? And if I'm coming for God, what can get in the way of that? What's the big deal? If, if I take, um, uh, if something you know, outrageous happens, directed at me, I don't have to get into specifics. We can all imagine a story that we heard here or there. But at the heart of it, if I love God, nothing is going to stop me. And so we need to build that love for God and understand I, if I'm hungering in life for something, if I'm looking for love in other places, other than God, if I think certain uh, you know, sins are going to give me that comfort that I feel I'm, uh, I need in my life, or there's certain issues that I go after that are not of God, I have to understand that the only thing that's going to satisfy me is Him, the person who's the bread of life. Right? The person who says, if you uh, come to me, I will by no means cast you out. The person who says, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I am the bread of life, and unless you eat my flesh, and drink my blood, you have no life in me. So this person who's giving it this to us, we have to come and receive and receive openly. And one last thing that I'll say about today, which is remarkable, this is remarkable about our Savior, is that God, from the very beginning, took ordinary stuff and made it extraordinary. Took ordinary stuff and made it extraordinary. He commands light to come out of nothing and light happens. He commands the earth to be created, and it is created. He commands the, the waters to part, and they part. And the Lord commands the bread to become His body and His blood. What can be more ordinary or more regular than bread? Right? We're not talking about some complicated thing to make. 
bread, the most ordinary part of our meal, the, the part that we're always uh, you know, hungering for or wanting more, the kids, if there is a loaf of bread and like you know, everything else on the table, they gravitate towards that loaf of bread. That's comfort. He takes something so ordinary and he makes it extraordinary at his command. Why is this remarkable? Because we can look at ourselves as I'm a normal, ordinary person. But at His command, we can become extraordinary if we allow ourselves to be open to that. If we allow ourselves the, the possibility to think about ourselves in a way that God thinks about us. I'm not just Joe Schmo doing whatever Monday through Friday, Saturday I got this and Sunday I go to church. No, I can be something extraordinary in the hand of God. I could be somebody that God puts a message on my tongue for the right person in the right time in the right place. I can be the person that's there to give comfort and love to a person that needs comfort and love. I can be extraordinary in the hands of God at His command. So this gospel today is rich. We started off by asking, why are you here? What brought you here? What are you seeking? And we're coming to, uh, to the end of it, and we're saying that this is normal bread that he turns and he says, and he says, I am the bread of life. And today, Christ, it's not me, it's Christ who says these words over this, this bread and this, and this cup to make it into the body and blood of Christ. And if we want to, if we allow it, He can make extraordinary things out of us as well. Today is the day of the Lord. Give to the Lord what is His day. Give to the Lord what is His. And every Sunday remember this. The day of the Lord, give to God what is God's. And when you give to God what is His, He blesses. And He transforms. And He changes your life. Because you're allowing Him to work in you. You're allowing Him to have a say in your life. You're allowing Him uh, to take control of your life. Today is also Mother's Day. And we will speak about Mother's Day at the end of this liturgy. May God uh, grant us the blessings of His res resurrection today and every day. And may God help us understand the power of these words, that He is the bread of life, that all who come to Him, He will by no means cast out. To God be the glory, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, now and ever in the age of all ages. Amen. We will...